Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Inside the NFL Trend Zone, I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Josh Fry, who is the editor of PurplePTSD.com, another dude in our Vikings stratosphere who's going to talk NFL topics with tonight. We also got Wes Johnson out in California, Cody Spears in Texas, and Jason Bowen in South Dakota. Week 9, Week 10, those are on our docket for the NFL tonight. NFL Trend Zone comes to you shortly. First, however, BetOnline.ag basketball is back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's football, basketball, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code, B-L-E-A-V, believe, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone, the storyline of the week is Josh Allen might be hurt. We don't know if it's for a couple days or a couple weeks, um, but the the Bills are the Super Bowl front runners, even with a 6-2 and two record to the Eagles' superior 8-0, and oh, and Mr. Allen's a front runner to win the MVP. So we'll look ahead at that, but first we're going to look back at week nine and some of those items. Um, we have Josh Fry on tonight from purpleptsd.com. He's the boss over there. First time on. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good to be on with you guys. Been looking forward to this for a while now, so good to be here. Yeah, this is a place to basically just float all of your NFL takes, whether they're from in the last week or this week. We got some wild ones. Uh, for instance, Cody thought the Niners would have the the best offense in all of football. I thought the Cardinals <laughs> would reach the Super Bowl. Uh, Jason Bolin thought the Broncos wide receivers, there'd be four of them with a thousand yards. No, three, three. <laughs> it was three. <laughs> Three. So, it, so whatever takes you have, they're protected here. We've all been wrong. You notice I didn't have. I can't remember Wes's naughty one, but that's probably for good reason. Uh, I'll make sure to fire from the hip then. It's because so. it's coming true with Miami. <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. Wes was all on Miami, and damn you, Wes. Again, hey, always, and, and always I, accurate. Yeah, and I have a Trey Lance clause. Okay. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, and I don't have any I, clauses for the Cardinals. <laughs> I missed on uh, Cole Komet. So that... oh yeah yeah some of your fantasy ones are a little iffy this year i've i've seen you around sir uh, <laughs> yeah. but other than that when he's not gambling on it his takes are pretty good isn't that the edict wes yep yep yeah <laughs> all right josh so that that gives you cover if you have shitty takes you're going to be just fine in this space uh but what we do is we go through usually three but we got a, a full group tonight uh we'll go one by one give me one thing that stood off the page in week nine mr fry so I'm going to go straight to the Sunday night game here. Uh, Titans Chiefs. That was honestly one of the better defensive performances that I've ever seen the Tennessee Titans play, even in the Mike Vrabel era where they've been known for having really good defenses. Patrick Mahomes, 68 passing attempts, and they've got Malik Willis on the other side who only completed five. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the fact that they were able to hold the Chiefs to 17 points through regulation in that game and give them a chance to win multiple times, like, that that defense just deserved a win there. And it's a real bummer that they weren't able to pull it out. But moving forward, that's that's a team that I've got my eye on moving into the playoffs as we get closer to that time of the year. So they don't have a lot of talent to like be considered a top contender. But Rabel is once again building like a playoff football team. This team is tough, smart, physical. Like you look at their roster and. Like you said, completed five passes, but he Mahomes is what four passes away from the record this last yeah, week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's you crazy. hear four hundred something yards, and you're like, man, that's awful. But like you said, sixty eight attempts. Yeah, no, and I want to. I mean, once again, I got to comment. Go two comments on this, Josh. I hope you are <laughs> inaccurate at least for this week. But I got the Tennessee, He's a Broncos this, fan. Yeah, yeah it, but the Tennessee Titans have the second worst pass defense in in. 
all of football, I guess. Apparently, I found that out through fantasy this week, and I'm just shocked by that because Mahomes, for passing it that many times, should have had closer to 800 yards if that was the case. <laughs> Does that stat translate beyond fantasy? Or is that just a fantasy stat? Sometimes those can be a little missing. Yeah, I know they have special team return stuff in it as well in some yeah, leagues. Yeah, I'm not familiar with how yeah. that works. Let exactly. me, I mean, yeah, either way, it seems like they're a defense, if I had to guess. Um, they're probably good on crucial downs, but bad everywhere else. That's that definitely tracks for Sunday night because yeah, yeah that's when they that's when they showed up like it's kind of like the Vikings defense with that Donatel <laughs> they give up a few yards on the first couple downs and then they they stop them when it matters so yeah yeah that's like Ben that but don't break he got that from Fangio yeah yeah well we uh, we're learning all about that um it, it finally in it oh yeah it was for the first up until last week every single game even the Packers game that the Vikings won to start the season was Ben but don't break but nobody cared because the score was twenty four seven. But every game, every game since then, until last week for the Vikings, was ultimate bend but don't break. But against the Commanders, it was the first time that they had a you know a good good defense. Uh, but we have the Vikings multiple Viking shows for that. We're going to stick on the NFL topics. Bless Ed Donatel's heart. Uh, Wes, you're up. Your your week nine item. One of them. To uh, piggyback on what uh, Josh had mentioned, that defense really carried him in that game and. Uh, video surface, I think yesterday of Derek Henry going around to each defensive player, or defensive starter and shaking their hands for their effort. Um, what stood out for me in week nine, uh, the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. It does seem like uh, this coaching staff kind of is starting to figure out what to do with Justin Fields. He has really... Did you guys lose Wes? Yeah, yeah. I did as well. We lost you on audio, sir. How about now? No, now you're back. Uh, restart from the last 10 seconds. Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Justin Fields, he really burst onto the scene over the last uh, three games and um, doing it doing it in an unconventional way. He um, eclipsed uh, Michael Vick's uh, rushing record last week. And teams are going to have to come to play. I mean, they, they sent out two of their better defensive players and obviously they needed to score, <laughs> um, but they kept right up there with the Dolphins. So um, I, I still think they're probably two years away from really doing any real harm, but uh, they are a team that will sneak up on people and uh, catch them if they are not prepared. I would like the record to show that I liked Fields better when they were mismanaging him, and it looked like he was a total bust. Uh, Josh was on the Vikings show earlier today, and he started to float the idea that Fields might become the best quarterback from that draft class. And I was like, we were we were so in the clear there for so him close. being horrible. <laughs> and now once they realize that he's closer to Lamar Jackson than to some statue, of course he's playing better. All right. So Wes, I hate to hear it is high on the bears of highest. I've ever heard him talk about the recent versions of the bears. I don't like it, but he's probably correct. Cody, what's your week nine item uh, for me? Uh, twenty the twenty twenty two NFL season it continues to be a slog that was never more apparent than it was last week. As uh, so we got scoring, it's the lowest it has been since twenty ten at forty three points per game. Passer rating is down also by five points across the board. Uh, QBs we could usually rely on are underperforming. Rodgers had his second ever three int game, all within the red zone against the Lions. Uh, Brady needed fifty eight pass attempts to get to two hundred and eighty. Um, Stafford had nine first downs. And uh, the Rams at 29th and points per game, which is both lowest marks in McVay's career. Uh, we can move on to Kyler Murray, six yards per attempt, ranked 33rd in the league. Derek Carr threw for 36 yards in the second half against Jacksonville. And then you got Matt Ryan, Herbert, and even Cousins statistically are regressing this year. Um, however, you said Josh Allen is your leading MVP candidate. Don't count out mine. No, not uh, mine. You, no, oh, I don't give well, a shit about a him. The, the world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't count out mine, Pat Mahomes. This guy is not regressing. He uh, leads the NFL in TDs and yards per game without Reek the Freak. And what's scary <laughs> is they don't even seem to be hitting on all cylinders yet. They seem like they're still kind of figuring things out. 
Mahomes was the first QB in NFL history with 400 plus pass yards and 60 plus rush yards in a game. This guy is playing on another level, and we might not even, uh, we might be just getting a glimpse of their ceiling. So for me, it's it's the uh, Chiefs' um, death by a thousand paper cuts right now. Can anybody stop Mahomes? Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Derrick Henrys just about did it last Sunday, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for last week and going forward, the Chiefs are definitely a program I'm paying extra attention to because they're they're flying under the radar somehow. You talked about opinion. pre uh, pre show about how you took a long nap today, and it did you justice because you had Reek the Freak and the Tennessee Derrick Henrys. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Jason, week nine, first item. Uh, week nine, the the Seahawks continue to oh, just you're stealing roll. mine you prick go ahead oh man man <laughs> they put the proverbial nail i think in the cardinals coffin this week but what impresses me the most is this is pete carroll the quarterback whisperer for so many years everybody oh this guy just coaches defense he had the greatest defense now that's now you know what this guy is the reason for that offense being so <laughs> successful over the last half decade or more how can he not be I mean, they've been through multiple offensive coordinators. Their defense hasn't been successful really in since 2014, 2015. And then you got Geno Smith out here who's just distributing the ball. I mean, getting DK a touchdown, Tyler Lockett a touchdown, you know, passing for, you know, what was he, 26 for 34. Um, had a pick in there, but he had two touchdowns to boot. I mean, what? They, over 30 points a game. You're talking about the scoring being down in the league. Not, not with this team, not at all. And it should have been, everybody thought it should have been, but th- those numbers that you rattled off Cody, that makes me feel a heck of a lot better about Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. And you know, on the flip side, we're seeing offenses that are bad enough that, you know, in other years, these QBs aren't going to be winning these games. Oh, you got like Geno Smith, uh, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, uh, heck even Russell Wilson. They're uh, able to play not up to par with what we're used to seeing and safe football and good defense. It's working this year. This is Mike Zimmer ball, buddy. And (laughs) this sucks for him. He's not in the league because this was his year. Yeah. And even Josh (laughs) Allen that you mentioned, uh, or you didn't mention in those in those statistics, the last couple of outings for him have been pretty lackluster as well. At least at least two picks each of the last two games. That Jets defense Mm -hmm. looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that they are pretty decent, but oh yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, my Seahawks thunder was stolen. Um, I guess I will add on to it that per 538.com, they have an 84% chance of reaching the postseason. Why is that? Well, they're six and three. We're halfway through the season as of pretty much halftime next week for some teams that have already had their buys. And that means that they're going to have to play absolute shit the rest of the way not to reach the postseason. Now, they'll end up being one of those teams that probably gets beat the first round or the second round. Nobody will care. And, you know, Gino would turn back into a pumpkin. Um, however, <laughs> on this show and other shows throughout the country, Seahawks are supposed to be like four, four and 13 or some shit like that. They were supposed to be one of the least talented rosters on the planet. And evidently, if they are, then they're coached by, you know, like, a Harry Potter type wizard because they shouldn't be this good, but they are. And it's, it's, we're too far into the season for it to be an outlier that they're six and three. And if you peek at their schedule, the rest of the way, it's not that daunting unless, you know, the Rams roar back then they have to play them twice. But the rest of the way for Seahawks is not murderous and they're already six and three plus the 84% chance playoff probability. They're probably going to be in the mix and none of us thought they'd be worth a damn. One more thing I'll add. Mm-hmm. Noah Fant was their leading receiver at 96 <laughs> yards, five, yeah. five completions, three receivers, five completions apiece, four other receivers with three or more. That's distribution. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we, you said credit to Pete Carroll for that offense. I think it's actually a guy named Shane Waldron. They got from the Rams. The way this offense is performing with, with these rookies coming in, they're able to acclimate fast and Geno Smith and all that stuff. This is a guy that you might end up seeing in the head coaching light that nobody's talking about yet. Ooh, they got a Kevin O'Connell, huh? Yeah, because like, <laughs> in my opinion, this guy gets there and he's given the keys to the offense this year. And, you know, look what they're doing now. Nobody expected that. Um, I was thinking maybe he's a guy who would succeed Pete Carroll. But at this rate, I don't know if they'll be able to keep him that long. Yeah, it's, how old is he? Do you know? 
Uh, no, I don't. I don't does, have any he, notes. Does he on fit him, the profile? Like thirty six, thirty seven. Yeah, okay. another Kevin O'Connell type. I'm convinced that every coach within the next ten years is going to start. It's going to be like thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven. It's just yeah, mid thirties, like eighty percent of them. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially if Jess Saturday is just getting a phone call. It's yep. like, hey, buddy, oh, you, you remember football, <laughs> yeah. don't you? <laughs> won't be long before we see Deion Sanders on the Raiders sideline. Or well, that's fine because he, you like know, he's coached, but this would be like <laughs> us giving like Chad Greenway a call and saying, hey, what up, homie? Do you want to come coach? And then, <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, Josh, now you kind of see how the show works. You can interject at any time. Tell us that we're, we're dumb. Um, but what's your second take of week nine? Second take of week nine, I'm going to go another primetime game Monday night. Um, Ravens Saints. The Saints mantra this season is really just ground and pound. They're going to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. And the Baltimore Ravens came into their house on Monday and they beat the shit out of them. Let's be real. Um, they beat them up at the line of scrimmage. Uh, the, the Ravens defense, they didn't let Alvin Kamara do pretty much anything that entire game and kind of like the kind of like how I mentioned the Tennessee Titans. I, I do think that this is especially a team where moving forward, we need to be looking at this as like a 12, 13 win team. Cause their schedule, it's kind of like the Seahawks. They, they do not play anybody for the rest of the year could run into some trouble at Cleveland and at Cincinnati. But other than that, this is checking off W's for the rest of the year. I told the panel last week that when it gets down to the nitty gritty mid mid and late January, that if the Bills, no matter where they're at in Highmark Stadium or elsewhere, if they run into the Chiefs or the Ravens, I'm going to sit down on my couch and expect the Chiefs or the Ravens to beat the Bills. I, I think they have the blueprint. I trust Lamar. I obviously trust Mahomes. They've already done it in back to back years. But yeah, I'm with you on the Ravens. They're finding like they were finding Vikings like ways to lose games. And um, that's not their credo. So I'm guessing they can, you know, work it out rather than the chargers. The Vikings could, it's just eternal. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you on, on the Ravens. It's yeah, crazy the, how they, they've, they've been doing it too. Cause no JK Dobbins, Rashad Bateman yeah. went down with a season ending injury. <laughs> They're just finding these dudes and they just keep pumping out these wins over and over every single week. It's crazy. Yeah. The bills and the chiefs, they, they play awesome offense and stuff like that. But in the past we've seen, yeah, that doesn't always fly in the playoffs. The, these Ravens and even the Titans, both, uh, I think both of them could be sneaky dogs in the playoffs. And everybody talks about the Chiefs and the Bills. That's going to be the pre-Super Bowl matchup. Like more people will watch that in the AFC Championship game than the, the Super Bowl. Who knows if they even make it there? Maybe yeah. the, the first seed might, but Titans and Ravens, those are two games or two teams that I'm glad we don't have to face as Vikings fans in the playoffs because. I mean, one, we're not good against mobile quarterbacks, but those teams know how to run the ball and keep the defense off the field. Yeah, and the 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 here's the deal. Uh, when we get to playoffs, there is the philosophy, and it's correct, that you have to be able to run the ball and play defense. But when you say that this day and age, there's people that are like, oh, no, that's, that's the old way. That's how, you know, Bill Parcells did I understand that, but that's still how it gets you through the playoffs because you got to be able to control the clock and then play defense. Um, but if you say that now, you sound like a curmudgeon that's stuck in the 70s. <laughs> and I, 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 agree, I agree that, yeah, you can get away with passing the ball over the field and you know going forward on fourth down. So totally subscribe to that. But when you get to the postseason, usually these glitzy teams that throw the ball – get their teeth kicked in. That's because mm -hmm. the other team's ready to play defense and ready to run the ball. And this is how Belichick, you know, built a, a dynasty um, with being able to do that. So, uh, Wes, yeah, that's someone one? that's someone we're counting out too is Belichick. Yeah. We haven't even talked about <laughs> yeah. him at all. Yet. Well, we talked about Vrabel, who's just like a shrewd <laughs> prick, just like him, but Wes, you're up. Uh, speaking of the Ravens, you ever have like a, a bruise that you just press to see if it, if it hurts still, hurts. still um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Isaiah likely. Yeah, there, yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was telling Wes, uh, out of any fantasy <laughs> slot this entire season, through, through ten weeks almost now, I agonized in my flex <laughs> in my most expensive league, Isaiah likely or Rondale Moore. And I, I I got cute and I went with likely because the targets had to go somewhere. And then I lost by two points. If I had started Rondell Moore, I would have won by God about four or five. And <laughs> it's one of those ones now that I won't for, I won't forget that for five, six years. <laughs> Sorry to bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
my second piece on week two, uh, we will go with the cement mixer, Joe Mixon, paving his way to four first half touchdowns, adding a fifth one in the second half for good measure. Um, Cincinnati finally decided to, um, you know, get back to uh, complimentary football, running the ball. Uh, without Jamar Chase there, the offense has been a little hit or miss. Uh, they do have T. Higgins. They have Tyler Boyd. Uh, but I do believe the uh, offenses missed their opportunity to um, keep their offense on the field, their defense rested, and you do uh, excuse me, you do that by running the ball. Um, a lot of people on this panel last week were, were picking uh, a upset by a, a Carolina defense. And, uh, you know, we, we all have our misses and <laughs> that was a big one last week. Yeah, that was, yeah. Especially when it was 35, nothing at halftime. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those games that you're like, Ooh, you looked away. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> uh, let's see. What are we, is this Cody, your next one? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, last week I talked about if the Raiders lost to the Jaguars, you stick a fork in them. And, you know, I've already forked the uh, the Jaguars as it is. You know, though I, I love my Jaguars, and I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you all that they're going to beat the Chiefs. Um, I thought about it. But back to the Raiders, a two-week road trip resulted in a shutout loss at New Orleans <laughs> and a 27-20 loss to the Jaguars, in which the Raiders became the first team in NFL history to blow three different 17-point leads in a season, and they still have nine games to go. Um, could we see God. a fired <laughs> yeah, could we see a fired Josh McDaniels? I mean, it's doubtful, but with the Raiders' history and the Colts hired Jeff Saturday, like I said earlier, hell, we might see prime time Deion Sanders coaching the Raiders next year. Um I mean, to sh- but at the, on the flip side of that, to show their improvement, the Raiders have an opportunity. They have a point five hundred uh, schedule coming up. I'm so interested in the Raiders because this is a blow up spot. You know, these next six games that they have, are you going to determine is are they blowing this thing to the moon? Are they going to be getting rid of, say, Derek Carr? Is Josh McDaniels going to bring in his own guy? You can't ever count out the Raiders for making headlines. So once again, it seems like at this point of the year, we're always talking about. Are the Raiders going to fire their coach? What the hell is their GM doing? Um, doing things like sign, signing Darren Waller. When's the last time Darren Waller's even played? Why are we signing him to a new contract extension and trading for Devontae and signing him to a new contract extension and Hunter Renfro? I mean, what's going on over there? Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by the Raiders. Um, so for me, um, the next six weeks, is Derek Carr going to be a free agent? Is he the next quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts? Probably so. <laughs> One thing uh, completely kind of off topic. I learned about the Raiders. There's a network called the Vice Network. It's really cool. It's on Sling TV and probably other places. And they have this series called The Dark Side of Football. And it goes through like six documentaries about topics like Belichick. And one of them was the Raiders and how they got that bad boy persona. And um, you know how the the, the stereotype is, oh, you're going to go to the Raiders and he's going to, you know, he's one of the guys that's a prisoner. He'll, he'll get uh-huh. arrested. Well, that came from uh, Al Davis. Al Davis was one of the first owners to hire um, African-Americans and women to prominent roles in the 70s, 80s, and 90s when the rest of the white owners are like, what are we doing? Why are you doing this? We don't have to, we don't have to do this. But what he also did is he gave dudes second chances that otherwise the league would say, you're done. Uh, but he believed in second chances for these young men, especially ones with criminal records. And that would at times bite them in the ass because they have criminal records. And that's why they became that Raider Nation type is because they'd welcome the the scorned, like the Statue of Liberty of the NFL. And uh, occasionally they'd get that reputation. So that's my little it's my little Raiders speech of the week. Jason, Uh, what's your. Yeah, this is off topic. Uh, I just thought of it. The Arizona Cardinals are on HBO Max tonight. Like I've been tonight. Yeah. And I've I've been kind of alluding to the fact because I've I've predicted uh, Josh, that the Cardinals are going to fire their coach before we see the end of the season. So uh, I've always been kind of ribbing with Dustin because he predicted for them yep. to win the Super Bowl. I did. So no, it's no, 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 not super- win it. Get there. You're Get you're there. misquoting yeah. me all over the place tonight, sir. <laughs> I don't Some give a damn about, on my part. Yeah, I don't give a uh, damn about Josh Allen with MVP. <laughs> Vegas says he's good. But uh, either way, um, for 
for the end season hard knocks, you know, that's going to be really interesting to see me. I see the cracks all in these Cardinals games so far this season from Kyler Murray telling um, I'm probably misquoting on this too, but Cliff Kingsbury to calm the fuck down. And then Cliff. No, you got that Kingsbury, one right. Cause it yeah. didn't involve me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's all, you can see him screaming at his sideline. I mean, uh, it just don't, their offensive lines getting worse. It was already like the worst in the league. It's I'm so happy that they're going to be on hard knocks because, you know, hard knocks is not going to shy away from that. They're going to show oh, yeah. they're going to show Cliff packing his desk and walking out with the box. Like <laughs> uh, the best part about that, that calm the fuck down that he told the coach uh, is that the Twitter aftermath, the Cardinals fans were like, guys, he cares. He cares about football. Look at (laughs) Zimmer would have beat him up on the spot straight up. Oh Oh, yeah. No question. Uh, Let's see, Jason, we're to you for, let's see your final thing from week nine. Yeah. My final thing from week nine came in the form of two different games actually. And I don't really have the stats or anything to back up these games because I didn't really pay a whole heck of a lot of attention to it other than when it got down to the final minute of each game. And I thought, I knew who was going to win. Mm-hmm. And that comes in the form of the Bucks and the Rams. What happened there? I mean, obviously, I, you know, the, 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 the Bucks or the Rams end up holding the, how did that game end? I, I'm, I'm getting my words fumbled around here. Yeah. The, the Bucks had a chance to go put it away, but I think they, they, they went for it on fourth. Yep. And, and there was like a minute and 20 left. Yeah, they had to the, get they had to get a three and out. They had two yeah. timeouts. They did that, of course. And then they gave Brady the ball back with half of the seconds. field in 40 seconds. But yeah, I mean, he's yeah, I went to the store, times. came back, the Bucks win. Yeah, the uh, coverage was super soft. I don't know how you get a you literally play Tom Brady at the end of the fourth quarter. You and he needed soft a coverage. touchdown. He needed a touchdown. That game was so god awful to watch. That Rams offense was absolutely putrid and then the other one though so the other one is the chargers game the chargers falcons i'm watching the score paying attention at the bottom of the screen obviously i have vested interest in that game and the cardinals or the the falcons looked like they were in a terrific position to win i mean last i saw the the chargers had the ball and it was like fourth down or whatever on their on their own 30 or what have you they somehow ended up getting the ball back the freaking then I saw how that game ended. I'm like, wow, is that real? Is did this actually happen? That oh, that poor guy on the Falcons um picking up that fumble and just dropping it. Oh my goodness gracious. And oh man, that was just both of those games shocked me the way they ended. My final thing from week nine uh, goes back to 538's NFL playoff probabilities and three teams. Uh, The Rams have a 15% chance to reach the postseason. The Packers have a 5% chance to reach the postseason. And the Colts have a 5% chance to reach the postseason. On this show in August, some of us picked those three teams to win the division. And that somebody was probably me. And so it goes to show you that, you know, Wes, every year we do this. Uh, I think you've been the one consistent since we started the show. Well, I know you have been. We always get asked the question, which which eight teams reach the postseason uh, because eight teams won't make it this year. Well, this is in the flesh. That's happening. The Rams, Packers, and Colts probably aren't going to make it. And it happens every year. Like It's one of the most dependable stats in the modern NFL is that there's going to be half turnover in the, the playoff field just because of the – I think it's because of the hard salary cap in the NFL. And throw the Cardinals in there. Yeah, yeah, and yep, you can you can especially for me who predicted them to go to the Super Bowl, and they're basically kaput. The Rams had a little bit of life because the NFC is pretty weak, but the Packers are four and a half games behind the Vikings, and then the Colts are just hiring dudes to be head coaches. So <laughs> yeah, that's that and it's it's crazy because we had high expectations to win divisions for all three of those teams, and I don't think it was that com- uncommon of a take. Josh, week 10, what are you looking for? First thing. Week 10, the first game that I'm looking at is Seahawks-Bucks because the Buccaneers, we talked about them. They need to, they need to keep their little winning streak going while, they, while they've got the NFC South lead here. Um, and meanwhile, the Seahawks, I need them to come out and get a statement win. Go out against Tom Brady, blow them out of the water because this Buccaneers team is not very good as bad as they played against the Rams they still won but this is not a very good team and I need the Seahawks to go out and get a statement victory to really seal this NFC West get themselves really firmly in this playoffs in this playoff spot 
And um, yeah, I'd like the, the the whole schedule so far. It's been it's been a lot of little, little fluky wins here and there, you know. I mean, that you could argue the Giants game was a was a pretty decent game, but that's I mean, it's it's Daniel Jones, and that's kind of just picking apart the argument that Daniel Jones can lead the Giants to go to the playoffs too. So I need the Seahawks to go out and get a win. Buccaneers need to go out and get a win. This is going to be a really good game, I think. That's mine. My first one, too, uh, for slightly different reasons. So I'm going to jump in front of Wes while the topic's still hot. Uh, I think that this can be a pivot point for the Buccaneers, even though their offensive line is not in a good spot, um, that, you know, if this this Brady magic, which is just a thing in general, has been for two decades, this can be a game where they win. And then it, it puts Seattle back into reality. And what would that put the would that put the Bucs back at 500? Yep. Yep. And then they'd be right there again, leading the division, but they actually have to go win the game against Seattle. And I don't know that that's that easy. It would have been easy to forecast that a month ago, but the Seahawks have proven that they're for real. So in this vein, it's a pivotal moment for both teams. If it's Seahawks beat Brady and, you know, get to seven and three, they've, they've gone far enough that they're probably, you know, starting to look at home field advantage and beyond not not the entire way but a game or two and then with the box if they win it's like all right they just went through some shit and they're probably back Wes you're up week 10 to go with uh Dallas Green Bay I am fully expecting Dallas to show up with shovels and continue to (laughs) dig the grave of Aaron Rodgers um on that shitty Lambeau field (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying just this utter downfall that green Bay or the path that they are on. Um, they need help. They need answers and they aren't finding it at any turn, uh, defensively, offensively. They just, they don't have it. Um, at least not what any of us have seen over the last you know, two or three decades. Um, and so it, it, as a Vikings fan, it is glorious to watch and to uh, channel my inner Jason. Um, I'm hoping the Cowboys sign uh, Des Bryant so that, you know, <laughs> Des can actually catch it this time. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. 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 It's, it's so weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to pull the numbers on this, Wes. I can't remember the last time, well, maybe 2017 because Rodgers was hurt. I'm sure that was one. But the last time in our football lives, whether it was Favre or Rodgers, that the Vikings have been this far ahead. It'll take a lot of manual labor for me to pull that stat, but I think I'm going to have to do it because it feels so strange. I think that there was probably one or two optimists in you know the purple community that'd be like, yeah, they're going to be six and two or seven and one, baby. But nobody would have paired that with, yeah, while well, the Packers are you know drowning at three and six. Do you honestly think the Cowboys are going to win too? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't seen anything over the last month from the Packers that would indicate that they could take on and overcome and beat uh, this Dallas team that's coming off a bye on top of it. The kooky, the kooky thing with them is that their offensive line is still like a top five, top seven offensive line, the way it's performing. And then we heard all off season, how this is going to be the best defense personnel wise that they ever had. So once you've established those two things, it's like, well, that one guy over there who plays quarterback, he must be the problem or his weapons are because there's no more excuses to be had, especially when they have the self-professed best running back tandem in the world. Right. It's like, what gives here, people? Can we we just say it that Rogers, you know, looks like a, a drug addict? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's whatever. Uh, I always think it's the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, doors of a perception drug, but it's not. It's the what's it called? Ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah. 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 I always think it's mescaline, and that's not what it is. (laughs) Mescaline. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see where. So that's Wes. Uh, We're to you, Cody, for week ten. Yeah, I'll jump onto the Dallas and Green Bay game as well. Uh, I I also think that Dallas is going to win this game. They match up really well with Green Bay. Uh, you got to, you know, I like my revenge games. You got Mike McCarthy um, hoping to deuce all over right. his mm-hmm. old team. Um, 
this Dallas defense is made to stop what this Green Bay offense is right now. They're very opportunistic. You got the leading INT guy and digs from last year. Uh, you got Aaron Rodgers. He's he's throwing dots to the other team more than his own receiver. Um, uh, the Packers are banged up. They're losing Aaron Jones for a little bit. Romeo Dobbs. Um, yeah, Alan right. Lugard might come back for this one, but... AJ Dillon is he's not the guy in Green Bay. And even if he was, they're not running offense that's suited for him. Um, and then uh you got Aaron Rodgers, he's always on that Pat McAfee show this week. He's not talking about R-E-L-A-X, relax. He's not saying anything like that. He's saying that this is the point in a season like this to where you decide if you're gonna check out or if you're going to let your competitive nature take over and just try to beat the guy across from you. That's a whole lot different than Aaron Rodgers in the past when we've heard them struggle. And I've been talking all year about how Aaron Rodgers, he got that legacy contract, and then a couple (laughs) weeks in, it turned into a hostage situation. How many more of these crazy, weird games from Aaron Rodgers are we going to see before they want to see what's behind door number two in Jordan Love? Uh, In my opinion, they're running an offense that's more suited for Jordan Love. Uh, he's more mobile than Aaron Rodgers is at this point. Um, you you got cracks all on this Green Bay team. Uh, I don't think they stand a chance. You got uh, coaches, um, unnamed personnel, talking about how Matt LaFleur's offense isn't even the same as Sean McVay's and everybody else from that tree and that they're longer developing routes. And then you got cracks coming out. Another rumor saying that the receivers are angry at Aaron Rodgers because he wasn't there for OTAs. And then as soon as they start doing poorly, he's placing all the blame <laughs> on the receivers. And it's like, dude, you didn't even come to work to to gain chemistry with us. What are you mad about? And I mean, just all over, like, like y'all said, we like to see it as Vikings fans. But um, at the end of the day, how many starts left does Aaron Rodgers have for the Green Bay Packers? Uh, especially after this season, what is that, a five-game losing streak? Yep. Six? Five. So... Yeah, um, I write about I I write the same. I change the verbiage every week. Two two game lose streak, three game. I I just have it memorized yeah. by now. So I and like Wes alluded to, the Cowboys are coming off that bye that had plenty of time to prepare. This is an absolute smash situation for for the Cowboys. I don't think the Packers even put up a whimper. To be honest. So I I think he he'll just retire at season's end, and then they'll have to navigate how to do their cap for the next two years. But is anybody mescaline aside? Does anybody on this <laughs> panel think that they have it in them to win maybe three or four to make it interesting, like the hand popping up from the grave? Does anybody see that happening? Because a month ago, or a year ago, two years ago, everybody would have been like, oh yeah, these bitches will be back. Do any of you think? I'm not saying that they're gonna catch the Vikings because that's that's the ship is sailed. But is there anybody that thinks that there's a win streak in there to get them back to maybe 500? No, not a chance. You got the <laughs> you got the Bears scored 33, 29 and 32 points the last three weeks. You could tell me that's more points than the Packers have scored all season. And I'll believe you <laughs> the Bears. So Josh and yeah. Wes, neither one of you. I, I mean, I think they could maybe win three, four games in a row at some point, but it's mm-hmm. not going to happen anytime soon. We, yeah. we talked about Eagles. this earlier today. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, they got the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> this week, and then two weeks later, they've got the Philadelphia Eagles. So either way, they're going to lose at least one of those games. So there's no way a winning streak is coming in November. Yeah, and then they have the Dolphins, the Titans, is the Rams. Yeah, Cowboys, Titans, yeah. Eagles <laughs> at Chicago. Uh, that's a big revenge game, uh, especially after the Aaron right. Rodgers yeah. ownership. Um <laughs> They host the Rams at the Dolphins, and then they end the Oof. year hosting the Lions. Well, shoot, yeah, so maybe they won't even get to like six wins this year. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the problem. That's the problem is all of their their doldrums that began with the London loss and then the Giants loss. You got to flip the script against these shitty teams like the Lions and not throw red zone picks in order to do the Packers' usual routine. Now, if you want to, you know, turn on the gas, then you're doing it against these monsters of rock teams that are certifiably already going to beat your ass if if you're good or not. And that's what, if I cared about them, I'd be concerned about is that you know, the hole's too deep. And if if you want to 
chant the relax slogan that needed to be said a month ago. And mm-hmm. so it's, I, I love it. I know I'll continue to say that I love every minute of it. Pulling, <laughs> I love opening my phone and seeing the Packers fans just act like toddlers because they've never faced adversity like this. Anytime I need to be put in a better mood, I just go over to Spotrack, type in Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, look at that contract a little bit. Ninety nine million dead cap next year. It's gonna be, mm-hmm. it's gonna be so much fun. Hostage. This He's yeah. holding that whole team hostage. <laughs> it's deadly. Um, all right, Jason, you got uh, two opportunities to talk about week 10. And I don't know if you want to go into your Broncos spiel now or in the five minutes from now, but take it away. Yeah, we might as well go into it right now. I've been waiting and chomping at the bit to talk about this. Um, yeah, this is going to be the team that we all expected coming out of the bye. Mark my words. This is a, this is hot take central, Josh. Okay. This is this is great. We have a new center in town by the name of Graham Glasgow. He's, he's been inserted. Uh, our center is out for four weeks. Uh, I think one small move like that is really going to benefit this team a lot. I am actually predicting a 31-13 victory <laughs> over these Titans for this week. Okay. And, and and earlier on, earlier on, you guys mentioned the Ravens. Well, we play them too coming up, along with the Chiefs. We're going to rattle off a nice little win streak. Chiefs <laughs> twice, actually. Um, no, but uh, I, 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 I am feeling really, really good about this. It's going to be the first game of the season that Russ throws for three touchdowns. <laughs> We're going to get a rushing touchdown and a McManus field goal. It's going to be glorious, and it's going to be 12-5 and five until proven otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> what about your guy, Cush? Cushenberry. Yeah, well, he's, you know, I God, I hate to see anybody lose their job due to an injury, right? I, I, or, you know, anybody go out due to an injury for that matter. Um, but I know that there has been a lot of talk about having him replaced, but it was never going to happen because Russ wanted him in there. Uh, you know, and uh, that's just the way it was going to be. And the only way that we were ever going to see a change made there was, you know, heaven forbid, an injury. And it happened. And I saw the differences in the team um, against Jacksonville. Albeit, it was Jacksonville. But you know what? We've played the Colts and the Raiders, who both have putrid defenses as well. Um, and we, it, that, that, the center position was a real big point of weakness over on that offensive line. Um, caused a lot of chaos. Um, disrupted everything in the interior. Will this, uh, will this be the change that, that's needed? I don't know. But it looked good against Jacksonville. Again, it was just Jacksonville. But, yeah, but it, was, it was across the world, and anytime you can win on a weird schedule, or you're doing high knees on the plane. That's uh, a <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's, I think that <laughs> I think that trip uh, somehow brought the team galvanized, closer, galvanized the troops a bit. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's just hope that that all that's true. <laughs> we we all know. Josh, it isn't. <laughs> yeah, right. you know. Ta- okay, I was talking waiting for about... that part. I'm, I feel better yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'll tell you. But gosh, you gotta, you got you can't lose that hope. So yeah. let's let's hope that does come true, Cody. Ta- yeah, talking about that second half schedule and and the Broncos just now. I mean, I hate to say this, but it sounded like you could have switched out a lot of those words with Rogers and the Packers. They kind of have eerily similar situations to where they kind of fumbled the easy part of their schedule and they have this daunting um task ahead of them so that's another thing to yeah, but let's 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 back up on that though because i'll hit on that how easy was it really if you're talking about losses to the jets the seahawks and yeah. the uh True. and the chargers all which, of which yeah, are six which, and three yeah which means y'all's schedule would be brutal brutal yeah, I, I haven't I thought about touching on that second half of that uh, of the season y'all play like all your division at least once at the end there, I think. Yeah, so we definitely have an opportunity to, you know, we should have, we should have, and some people would say we should have won each and every one of those games. Uh, we could have, could have very easily. We did beat sure. the the Niners, who are a legitimate, you know, team. So, I mean. Yeah, and the Packers are losing a lot of these not in convincing, or well, in convincing fashion. So, I, I, I can see where it go, comes in like that. One thing, too, over the last three weeks, too, that, it is uh, something that the Cortland Sutton has fallen off the map, but at the yeah, same time, he's on milk uh, right now. Yeah, Russ <laughs> Russ has gotten more comfortable with Judy, with Hamler, especially with Dulcich, um, and I think that's a big deal too because Court will will get his stuff together, I would think, eventually. But um, to get those other guys and to establish a little trust in some of those other players, I think is is key. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. 
uh, Seahawks game. I'm sure you have, but I haven't thought about that Seahawks game for quite some time. And I remember watching it in real time thinking like, God, they're going to lose to these guys. But that Mm -hmm. was with the frame of reference that this is going to be a bottom three team in football. And now in retrospect, that was a six and three team at one of the toughest places to play like at a constructed place ever, uh, you know, because that stadium just like on top of you. And so, yeah, now looking back at the time, you thought it was an abysmal loss, but now it's like, well, of course they lost. This is the Seahawks we're talking about here. Now now we're picking them to beat Brady. (laughs) And what the the Jets just did to Buffalo, it makes that loss seem even more, you know, and we almost beat them with freaking Brett Rippin. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, uh, Josh, your, yes, your final take from, or your, excuse me, the final thing you're watching for in week 10. Uh, So yeah, week 10, uh, I do a a series every week where I go through the NFL slate and do my picks uh, right on purple PTSD and Vikings territory. Got my eye on the commanders and Eagles game on Monday night, because the commanders are 11 point underdogs right now. And they've played since week five. Every single one of their games has been a one possession game. The Eagles let the Titan or the Texans hang around last week on Thursday night football. It's a tie game going into halftime. And then they kind of got their shit together finally. Um, But commanders, we saw them firsthand as Vikings fans. Uh, They, they, they play some, they play some feisty football. Uh Taylor Heineke is no joke as a QB. They've got some nice weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Their defensive front is spectacular um so i do think that this is going to be a game where that they can keep close and who knows they go into philadelphia get this w they're they're looking right at that playoff spot now so very solid take especially a division rival you can never yeah. count them out. exactly the, the one thing that the commanders do really well to the tune of second best in the league is stop the run and that's usually what the Eagles like to do. And yeah, I hadn't given that game any thought. Um, but now what I really like about it is if the Vikings pull the rabbit out of the hat against the Bills, then there is an, a potential unexpected loss. Or maybe you're just talking about covering the point spread um, because, you know, then things start. You start looking at the Vikings for home field advantage throughout if the Eagles are dropping games like that. So I endorse your take here. And now I want it to happen. I'll tell you what, I'll be dusting off the, the cheese head for that Philadelphia Eagles Green Bay <laughs> Packers game if that actually happens. <laughs> oh, I, I was thinking about that and I tweeted a couple times this week, and that really that really caused a storm. There's some people who are like, I won't cheer for the Packers. I'm really? like, Oh yeah. There was no, I mean, I don't think anybody was mad, but there was like a dozen people that said there's no way in hell I'll ever cheer for the Packers. But then there's people yeah. that are equally as adamant that's just like, oh, I hate the Eagles more than the Packers. Of course I'll cheer for the Packers. And on <laughs> oh. both sides, it really surprised me because for football fandom, I there's nobody I hate more. It's not even close than the Packers. Um, however, all the horror stories I hear about Eagles fans, I can understand why people feel that way. Well, yeah, maybe I'll give we you kind of just like that week 18 game between the Raiders and the Chargers last year where everybody is rooting for a tie. Maybe we should just <laughs> yeah. go into that rooting for a tie and maybe it'll actually happen this time. Well, I don't know. I think we need a loss from the Eagles. Do we? I well, think, I, I think we just need a tie if they lose this week. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, I, I'm not, for some reason, call me cynical. I don't think the Vikings are going to go, you know, oh, that's true. 15 too. and yeah. two. Uh, but hey, who knows? They just don't lose. And, you know, that's, that's a new phenomenon. Eagles will lose in Dallas too. Mm, okay. Let's see what's going to happen with that Green Bay and Philly game is Aaron Rodgers going to be benched that week. Jordan Love's going to come in. <laughs> He's going to be a Hall of Famer for oh, 20 no. years. I wish <laughs> I had. Oh, shut up. There's, there's a way to cut mics off on here that I've never explored, but uh, uh, let's see here. All right, so my um, – speaking of which, on that the Eagles-Cowboys thing, Wes, I'm plugging that dark side of football thing again on the Vice Network. I'm not being paid to do this. I just thought it was cool, is – from my NFC North brain, I always thought that Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Commander, I always thought those were all the same rivalries. But I guess there's nothing more to an Eagles fan than a Cowboys rivalry. Like, violence breaks out. And I think it pales in comparison to when the Eagles play the Giants or the Commanders, that the Eagles and Cowboys is like the ultimate hate-fueled fest. And I always thought when they were just interchangeable. But Oh, yeah. Down here in Texas, being <laughs> around a bunch of Cowboys fans, there's no team they hate more than the Eagles. I mean, I've been hearing the Santa Claus stories since I was a little kid. My dad was a Cowboys <laughs> fan. So, you know, I that was in the household watching them root against the Giants beat in 
uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and he was even like, yeah, at least he beat that bastard Tom Brady. But if it was the <laughs> Eagles in the Super Bowl, he's written for Tom Brady every single time. Mm. They hate the Eagles. They don't really think about Washington. I mean, yeah, they're kind of like our Lions. Me. Yeah, but yeah, the that Eagles. really surprised I thought that they were all just kind of the same. You know, that's just what I thought, but nope. Um, my final take, and this is kind of an offbeat one, is that the Saints – in Steelers game this week, one is three and six and the other is two and six is a, you know, where the fuck did my Hall of Fame quarterback go bowl? Uh, Look where these two teams are at. Uh, If this would have been the, you know, a primetime game or any type of game three years ago when both those quarterbacks were still kind of at the peak of their powers, this would be, oh, wow, we get Breeze and Roethlisberger. But it goes to show, you know, Captain Obvious, how much a franchise quarterback, in this case, Hall of Fame quarterback, when they leave, your shit's going in the toilet you know, for a while, <laughs> yeah. unless you, unless you're the Packers. Um, so the, you look at them right now and I don't know if they're a joke, but you know, the Steelers are two and six first time that they've had a losing record at this point of season since like, God, I think it's 2003 and they're at least this far behind. And then uh, the saints, they're just, I, with all due respect to Mr. Fry, they're just in hell right now because they think they like Jameis Winston, but then they have Dalton and they're basically the same caliber quarterback. They haven't found the guy of the future. The Steelers are trying to do that picket, but this is what happens. Usually if your name's not the green Bay Packers, you lose your hall of fame quarterback and you go through all these, you start dating other dudes and then they don't work out. And then you takes you a while to find another one. So yeah, I, when I, this game caught my eye that God, you know, when I 33 years old, this would have been the game of the week. And now it's like laughable. All right. That brings us to, uh, let's see your final take of the week. Wes. Yeah. I'm going to jump back on the, uh, commanders Eagles game. Um, this, all, this is a game that we might see the return of chase young as well. And the commanders front five that they like to run was pretty formidable against Minnesota last week. So adding young to the mix will only help boost that unit. Um, I really like uh, the commanders to cover the 11 points. And I like the under in this game um, because of the commander's defense and the way Heineke can, can move that offense and move that ball. Um, The other thing to note is how lucky are the Eagles? All of their primetime games have been at home this year. Um, they had the Vikings at home in week two. They had the Cowboys at home in week six on Sunday night football. Uh, they have Monday night football this week uh, against uh, Washington. And then uh, later in the year, uh, they have, well, where did it go? Um, lost it uh they have uh the the packers at home at the end of uh, november so uh, all of those primetime games are at home and yeah um i don't know what kind of advantage that gives them but obviously being at home with that raucous crowd uh it has to help them so um i do see uh, Dallas beating them later in the year. Um, it's possible that Washington could pull off an upset this week as well. Uh, Dustin, you're on Dustin, mute. You're muted. Yeah, muted. Oh, I did the cardinal sin. I was saying that was fantastic. Uh, both of you are saying it now. So now you got me, my wheels turning. I hadn't thought about this one <laughs> iota. I saw the game on NFL Pick Watch and I made my picks and I was like, oh, uh, that's a, there's a romp. But I don't know, you dialed me back. <clears throat> All right, Cody, what's your final um, item you're watching for in week 10? Uh, I've already kind of pulled from this segment of mine a little bit throughout the show, but I got the Titans once again. Um, we already talked about how they took the Chiefs to overtime with their backup rookie com- quarterback completing just five passes. Uh, but the under-the-radar Titans, they got a crucial stretch coming up. Uh, they faced two desperate teams in both the Broncos and Packers if – you know, those teams kind of figure things out. They might be able to catch the Titans by surprise with their suspect pass defense. Um, And then we got them facing the Bengals team who might be on a roll by the end of November. Uh, These Titans, uh, like we talked about, they could take any team to the brink. Uh, So I'm going to be keeping my eye on them, especially since Ryan Tannehill is about to come back. If he can get in a groove, this is a team that could make, that can 
like we talked about earlier, can really make some noise uh, in January. Uh, the fact that they took the Chiefs this to the overtime with their quarterback completing five passes. <laughs> I feel like we see stat lines uh, like this all the time this year. But um, I mean, fields. provided. Yeah. And <laughs> if if things regress for the Titans, I also said earlier there, the Tennessee Derrick Henry's, if, if anything happens to Derrick Henry or maybe they falter in this stretch. I called it at the beginning of the year. We might see a seven and what is it? Seven and 10 now or an eight and nine team win this division. It could be the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I got to dap them up. Every <laughs> oh, yeah. They're my, they're my team away from home. Yes. Josh, we, yes. we, we uh, Cody started this in the preseason or even before that about the Jaguars hype. And then when they started out, was it two and one, three and all or something? Uh, <laughs> something the, like the numbers, defense, offense, Lawrence, all reflected that Cody was correct. So I jumped on and was like, these guys are for real. And since then, it's just been like, the uh, they're yeah. still, they're still good. It's just, like I said, a couple weeks ago, it might be just like a young team thing, new culture thing. Like this is a team that's on the rise. I think the AFC South is it's theirs in the future. So this is just about a moment of arrival for them. I think I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be great. Travis Etienne might be the most explosive player in the NFL outside of uh Tyreek. Um I mean yeah he's uh, good. Yeah you get and, Calvin and, Ridley back next year you'll yeah, be it, you'll be rolling exactly. all cylinders then. And yeah. and this love fest really started when these guys picked Matt Ryan as a top 16 quarterback and I dumped on him <laughs> saying that he's washed <laughs> he was where's he now that's where the Jaguars love started. Yeah, but Cody, I I also had Zach Wilson in there for Grape's sake. <laughs> yeah, you have, I think you had Russell Wilson top three. Oh man, I oh, sure no. did. He, he 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 was my MVP. Man, this he, would be some good end of show, end of year shows right there. Based yeah. off of our old shows. Josh, <laughs> Josh, when you were scouting this past draft. Did you have Malik Willis pegged as a dude who really wouldn't be allowed to throw the football in his rookie year? Like, you know, assuming some team played him or is this even a little ridiculous by your pre-draft standards? Well, it's a little ridiculous just because it feels a lot like how the Bears were using Justin Fields at the beginning of the year. Like these two Mm -hmm. starts, they really just had him as a pocket passer. They're not really using his legs at all. I think he had five rushes his first game, then eight this week. And it was just, it's just him dropping back and being like your prototypical pocket passer. He's not using his legs. Um, And I think if they did that, I think he'd honestly be a better QB for them than Ryan Tannehill at this point, Um, because he does have a crazy good arm and he can make plays with his legs. There's no question about that. We saw it throughout his entire college career. So this is this is a dude that could be really good. He just he just needs to get a coach that actually yeah. utilizes him in the right way. I, oft, I often wonder that that Bears example, if it's just that they don't have the plays like Jason, yeah. and I used to joke about I can't remember where the origins were. But during the Broncos heyday with Manning, we had this joke about Manning, you know, playing the wildcat or playing the option. I don't remember where the joke came from, but how absurd that would be. Like it was almost like the Titans just don't have you know, Lamar Jackson offense ready to go for their mobile quarterback and that they're going to try to force this like as if Tannehill was in and, you know, how dumb. Remember when they tried to institute the pistol? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was the origin. They're trying that again there. See, I, I don't see why the Titans aren't running more RPOs with someone like Malik Willis, which for me, that's what scares me from him. Yeah. Like in all my dynasty leagues, he's tempting. I'm not going for it. This is a Titans team who's had him all offseason season. Halfway through the regular season, he's their second string quarterback, and they're not letting him com- attempt more than what 12 passes, even in an RPO league. Like this guy, they're not trusting him with the with the decision or with the with being able to say, Hey, I need to hand this off or keep it myself. They're not even trusting him with diagnosing a defense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Malik Willis. I, I get it for like that Texans game just because he got thrown in at yeah. the last mm-hmm. minute. Then you and, had time but, to prepare. Yeah, but this yeah. week. They've they should, had the time. Like yeah, there's he no should, real excuse for him not for being sure. able to run that offense. He should be able to complete an easy pass just because of the threat of his legs, not even having to run, just because yeah. he's there. 
I think there was a screenplay that they ran to where he like he dropped back and then he scrambled towards the screener and he's like, dude, you can't do that. You can't do that on that play. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not they're not as productive as Vikings tight end screens, let me tell you that. Right. You know? Yeah. Those go a long way. All right, uh, Jason, take us off air with the thing you're most looking forward to in week 10. I'll just yeah, well, Broncos. You know, I got I'm just gonna touch on the Vikings uh Bills. Obviously, I want to see that. I want to see the Vikings get the bills at full staff. I mean, I want to see Josh Allen get out there and I want to see how good the Vikings really are. I think this will be a great test, but my, uh, my, my main one is the Sunday night game. I want to see how good the chargers are. And I think that this, the Niners are going to give them a good opportunity to test that. I think that's going to be a great game. Um, I, but on paper, it should be anyway. Um, and I don't really have, um, a prediction on that. Um, but I think, I think that's going to be good. Great test for, for both teams. Um, but mainly for the chargers. I know nationally, oh, everybody still seems to think the chargers are as good as they were predicted to be preseason. I don't see it. Um, but this will be a good opportunity for them to prove me wrong. If I, and obviously I'm hoping for them to lose too. <laughs> If I was into gambling, you know, wagering on football games, or if I covered the 49ers, they have to be one of the most tricky teams to get the drop on from a week to week, uh-huh. because it seems like they're just so capable of like, oh my God, they lost to that team. And then, then you look up, oh, then they're beating McVay's ass again. And yeah. it's like, why is there no in between? And then, and this is usually about the time of the year, a couple of weeks where they figure it out and they win, you know, five out of six and then boom, they're in the postseason. But it's like, why can't you do that all the time? I don't know if it's injuries or just. Well, it's uh, weird because like they seem to be at their best when they're just like Justin Fields, go out there, play some backyard football and make a play for us. Cause like at last year during that Raiders game at the end of the year, it's like the entire fourth quarter was just him making stuff up and mm-hmm. making it work. And all season they've been trying to run a set offense with them and they, I don't know if it's Brandon Staley or he's just not making the right decision on those plays, but it, yeah, there's just, there's, there's no cohesiveness with that unit. Ugh. All right. I got one last hot take for this yep. week. Rashad white Tampa Bay running back blow up spot. He's going to take the spot from Leonard Fournette. Leonard Forever? Fournette is not the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. I think well, so. that's, that's, that's big it. news. Cause Fournette, when I started investigating, you know, fantasy football for 2022. That was the first thing that jumped off the page is how high Fournette was up on draft boards. Uh-huh. I, I was like, don't they have six running backs that they yeah. usually have? And Rashad White's been siphoning away slowly, but surely a lot of that work. He's pretty much the third down guy now, and mm-hmm. now he's looking better on his runs. And then you really look at Leonard Fournette's career in a nutshell. Uh, outside of like two or three years, this guy's massively unimpressive, including when his when he started in Tampa Bay. It took a sit down with Bruce Arians mm-hmm. for him to light a fire under him. And then he became awesome playoff Lenny. And yeah. that's all he's been, though, is playoff <laughs> Lenny. They, their offense is dead last. I'm looking for Tampa Bay to try to change something up here and and get Tom Brady some help. Because I don't think a 45-year-old Tom Brady slinging the ball 50-something times is how you're going to win this year. It's not. Yeah. No, and Josh, I do want you to know this. This upcoming Vikings game is a preview of my Super Bowl prediction. I have oh, the, I have the Vikings at the number two seed, and that is documented on this show. I got that nice. going for me. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, and all those running backs, they, they can't all be like Dalvin Cook, who has one-handed receptions in the corner of the end zone after the quarterback exactly. gets drilled, yeah. baby. All right, that's my I, final Viking. I will say that uh, mm-hmm. Lenny Fournette uh, did, Lenny. <laughs> uh, did uh, do his best squeaky wheel after the game this week. So uh, that tends to lean towards more usage. So oh, good. I might hoping, not be I'm this hoping, week. I'm hoping they're just like, sit your chubby butt down. Because <laughs> I saw that too, to where, to where you got Rashad White coming off the field and he's telling Leonard Fournette, we need you, bro. We need you. And it's like, that that sounds like someone's butthurt that someone's taking their job to me. Ding, ding, ding. I traded for him again yesterday. I've traded <laughs> for Rashad White in every single league. I didn't have him in this year. 100% management. Lenny. <laughs> All right, uh, Josh, where can we find you on Twitter? It'll also go in the, in the tweet, but tell, tell the folks that are listening and watching. Yeah, so you can find me at F-R-E-Y-E-D underscore chicken on Twitter, fried chicken. Um, and yeah, find me on Purple PTSD. 
be writing there every single day, multiple times a day. So yeah, find me there. Did you buy a check mark today? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) How do we know it's going to be you? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a parody account. Uh, Yeah. Oh, I've been sifting through my normal Twitter feed thinking like, oh, God, is this one for real or not? And I think that's just that's our new lives. With (laughs) So I want to make sure I understand this right. Anybody can be verified right now. Yeah. You go go pay your eight bucks. And then I think you can click on the, the verified check and it'll tell you if if the person paid for it or not. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, this is why we have you on the show, Wes, because that will make my life so much better to like see go. if indeed I can trust it from a journalism standpoint, because all, I spent all day thinking, oh, God, I'm going to get got by some asshole, you know, because <laughs> it was spreading misinformation. But that's huge, because if it was pre-existing, then that gives me I mean, they all look the same outwardly to the folks that, you know, just want the check mark. But for what my job, I can't be quoting people that are just spoofing shit. Yeah, now I see that's ridiculous. I mean, if you want to charge for the service, I'm sure there there's people that would pay. Like, I mean, I was talking today. I'd pay to you know five bucks a month or whatever it is to mm-hmm. to keep to keep Facebook and all this and that. I mean, I'm I'm actually miffed that they don't charge a yeah. monthly subscription or something for some of yes. those social media. <laughs> yeah, for some of those social media platforms. But why do you have to include the check mark? That doesn't make it. The checks check marks are there for a reason. Yeah, like they, what you just said. Yeah, they came about. I can't remember how many years ago, Wes. You might know this, but Tony Larusa got got as you know by a troll and said mm-hmm. a bunch of vile stuff or misleading stuff, and he sued. And the result of that lawsuit was that Twitter had to come up with a program so that you could verify people that are real. And naturally, that was celebrities and then news organizations and journalists. And for some reason, uh, Mr. Musk wanted to, you know, empower the people for eight bucks a month to have the the fancy check mark as well, which is fine. If ever, if you need that check mark to look cool, I get it. But it wasn't it wasn't designed to be an elite club of you know people. It was designed so that you couldn't impersonate somebody else. That's yeah. why it was so hilarious when when Musk said, you know, parody accounts will be banned permanently. If we find them, it's like, that's the whole reason there was check marks to begin with. <laughs> they didn't <laughs> yeah. do it because they wanted to have like this class of elites. They did it because uh, right now or up until he made that decree, you could get on there and just say, you know, you were Princess Diana reincarnated and, and people would believe you because you had a check mark. <laughs> Yeah, well, mm-hmm. remember back in MySpace days, there was no <laughs> such thing. I had a long conversation with Jay Cutler. <laughs> I think I even called that guy when I was drinking. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna, yep, we'll, we'll see. Hey, look, hey, I was telling my wife, hey, check it out. I'm talking to Jay Cutler. <laughs> Is that right. really him? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it looks like him, the picture. It sounds like the way he'd talk. Uh, all right, Josh, thanks for joining us. We'll hit you up in, let's see, maybe after Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll digest some, some more of this stuff. Anything else for the group before we hang up for the night? On the season. Awesome. Not you, Jason. Awesome, Josh. All right, gentlemen. <laughs> See you next week. Good to have you, Josh. You guys yes. have a good night. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.